Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good afternoon, I'm Eric Von Hessler, filling in for Eric Erickson. We usually do a show around here called the Von Hessler Doctrine, that's on Sundays at noon, and on that Sunday, one of my doctrinaires is the handsomest producer in all producery, that's Jared Yamamoto, and he's with me this afternoon. How are you, Eric? I'm doing fantastic, and usually on that show we start off with headlines, you feed me the headlines, so I'm a creature of habit, Jared, so what's up today? Well, the Ross Harris hot car death trial is underway in Brunswick, Georgia, and of course, WSB is your place to be for gavel-to-gavel coverage. Looks like we're having uh, some uh, interesting testimonials coming out of there already. So opening statements today, basically, right? That's right. Uh, Right after our show at 7 o'clock, Chris Chan is going to host a, a roundtable. WSB senior analyst Ron Carlson will be there of WSB's Veronica Waters. She's down there in Brunswick. Yes, she is. And from what I understand, you want to say Brunswick because people from Brunswick don't like people from St. Simons. I have no idea that there's <laughs> a little whole, rivalry going uh, on down sharks there. Sharks and Jets thing happening down there. <laughs> so uh, stay on the right side of that one. You want to say that you're in Brunswick. <laughs> I got to say, man, I, I'm so. You don't want me on that jury. You don't want me on that, Jerry, because uh, once they close that one out, it's 15 minutes and let's go have lunch. Because <laughs> maybe that's why they left it. That's why it's not in Atlanta, I suppose. Uh, we were exposed to it. And uh, there's no way. Look, he's, uh, he's innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Don't get me wrong. I'll fight and die for that. He's innocent until proven guilty. But out in the public square where we are now... Guilty as sin, as far as I'm concerned. I don't really need to hear a whole lot, because there's one piece of evidence here that they're, I just, I'll be interested to see what the defense says about this and how they get around it. There's a lot of things around this trial. The sexting, uh, you know, the sexting is gross, but people who don't murder their children do it all the time. You know, it just, it's one more layer of something on top, on top of a, uh, of, of a horrible story. But, the idea, this is why as a jury member, I wouldn't have to wait very long. You know, the idea that he gets back in his car at the end of the day, what is it, 90 plus degree day, uh, the windows have been up all day and we know who was in there and how horrible that was. He gets in the car and he drives for some amount of time. It could be a half a mile, a mile, I'm not exactly sure. And then he pulls into a parking lot and then gets out and starts screaming, my son, my son, my son. Here's the thing that I know, and anybody who thinks about it knows, and it's disgusting. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I'm just telling you why I wouldn't have, it wouldn't take me long to find a guilty verdict here. All day long, human being in that car, you open that door on a day like that, and it's going to hit you in the nose, and it's going to hit you hard. And there is no way that you get into that car drive for a half mile or a mile, however long he drove. I don't. You wouldn't get out of the parking lot before you... And then he wants us to believe then he looked in the mirror or something or turned around and saw it. That is not possible. That is not possible unless there's some sort of thing where he doesn't have... 
he can't smell like everybody else or something along those lines. And I'm not being funny here. I'm just saying that is the reality. The reality is that with what that situation, I don't even want to really say what it, we all know what was happening in that car. That situation, when you open the door at four or five, whenever he was done with his work, and that's been happening all day long on a 90 plus degree day, you don't get in the car and drive and then figure out something happened. Bam, you get hit with it really fast. And if it really had been a slip up in his mind, as soon as he opened the door, there would be no turning the car on. There would be no leaving the parking lot. If there was any chance that he was telling the truth, it would have been that he opened the door and then went, oh, my goodness, you know, what did I do? So just for that one little thing right there, you don't want me on that, Jerry, because I'm not listening to a whole heck of a lot. And uh, that's it for me. But it's going to be the wheels of justice grind slowly as they should. That's why, that's why we're innocent until proven guilty. Look, you're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But in the court of public opinion, Eric Von Hessler says, <laughs> guilty, and it isn't hard for me to get there. And maybe it was appropriate they moved the trial for that reason. Although when they, when they move these trials, I wonder about this. So they moved the trial from Atlanta because by the time he would have gone on trial here, we've all been talking about it and thinking about it. and It's been leading the news, and it's the biggest story in the city. And it's difficult to seat jurors who haven't come, like I have, come to made their own minds up already. But then when you move it to a small place like Brunswick, what else is going on? I mean, this becomes the biggest story there as well, I would think. And as a juror, aren't you pretty much locked away from, from you can't really once make you're, contact once, with Once people. you're a juror. Once you're a juror, but not before you're a juror. So, uh, yeah, once you're a juror, there's all kinds of ways to protect to make sure that you're not reading papers and, and things like that. But I just wonder about that. Well, we have to move it out of Atlanta because it's the biggest story. But as soon as that trial gets moved to a small place, nothing against the good people of Brunswick slash St. Simons. I don't want to get involved don't in that whole thing. Don't forget Cumberland Island, too. Well, That's Cumberland, over there. No, those people. So, <laughs> so uh, I just wonder how, how in Atlanta it was the biggest story. But Atlanta has a lot of big stories. In Brunswick, it's the biggest story. And that's the biggest big story they've had since 1958. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, how much better the jury is seated there than here. But uh, innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Guilty, says Eric Von Hessler in the court of public opinion. All right, we're going to have more headlines when we return. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. My producer, Jared Yamamoto, is with me. A lot of stuff going on here at WSB uh, these days. So we already said that tonight after us, 7 o'clock, there's going to be a roundtable hosted by Chris Chandler. Veronica Waters is going to be on it for uh, about the first day, the opening day of the Ross Harris hot car death trial. Uh, tomorrow, as you know, is uh, the VP debate. From 7 to 9, before the debate here on WSB, Chris Chandler, who hosts everything, apparently. I'm going to be on with him. Bill Crane will be on. Neil Bortz will be on. Herman Cain will be on. That's, that's the two hours, 7 to 9, before the debate. The debate will be on live here at WSB. And then afterward, Eric Erickson will host a post-debate roundtable with WSB listeners. So don't miss it. Really, there's no need to ever turn the dial or even watch television. Just no, not at all. Basically, what I would do is I would get one of those Sonos things in your house and just have WSB on all the time in every room. And remember, on Sunday, you'll be doing the roundtable discussion after the second presidential debate. And who will be there with me? 
Chris Chandler. Of course, Chris Chandler will be the host. I am going to be the co-host, and yeah, we'll do the same thing. We'll watch the debate together with some listeners, and afterwards we'll uh, we'll talk about it. We'll hash it out. We'll we'll talk about Donald Trump and what he did and didn't do. So we have a couple of minutes here before we go to break. Give me another headline. So parents at Aloha High School in Portland, Oregon are. Well, first of all, why is Aloha High School in Portland, Oregon? That's why a good is, question. I mean, that Aloha. Be in well, aloha doesn't mean hi or goodbye. I mean, I guess I you can use yeah, it. You yeah. can translate it over. Yeah. Thank but, you, my my fine millennial friend. The, I know what aloha means. I appreciate that. Thank you. These uh, these folks are outraged that some of their senior students filled out a white privilege survey. So this is a survey that was given to uh, to to given, the seniors. Yeah, to the seniors. That was just on the way out. This wasn't for a grade or anything. No, no, no. It, was, it, was, it wasn't for a grade, but it was more of as a, we push you towards college activism. Let's have you fill out this white, is a big thing going on. white privilege survey. So when I heard about this, there's no one whiter that I know than my producer, Jared Yamamoto. <laughs> Wait a second. Come on. My last name is Yamamoto. <laughs> I know that, but that is deception. That is deception. There's no... You're the whitest... You're in denial. I, you're you know, the whitest people I've ever met. So <laughs> I decided to have the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, <laughs> fill out this white privilege survey. And uh, we'll go through a couple here. We'll go through a couple more. First of all, I looked at this a little bit. Some of the questions on here, uh, it's not as if there aren't. There are questions on here that maybe you want to ponder and think about and think about the way that uh, people are perceived and portrayed. Sure. The problem with this white privilege survey is the word survey. <laughs> it's an essay disguised as a survey. It's, uh, it's an opinion piece. That's deci- There's no way you could take this survey and pass with flying colors as a white person and not walk away being uh, well. It's, it's pretty, funny, having white privilege. It's based on Peggy McIntosh's 1989 essay, "White Privilege: Unpacking she the in- Apple, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack." I don't know if she did or not. She oh, that's just a joke, there, millennial. Calm down. So uh, we are. Uh, I, I, we we got to go to a break here, but I had you take the whole survey. One thing I will tell people is. <laughs> The top score on this white privilege survey that you can get <laughs> is 130. My producer, Jared Yamamoto, comes in at a 119. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but as I say, it's really, it's a rigged thing. We'll get into some of the questions. I'm not saying there aren't things to ponder and think about in these questions about how we look at one another. I'm not saying that there's no there's no truth to anything in here. What I am saying is it's not a survey. It's an opinion piece dressed up as a survey. We'll go through Jared's answers to the white privilege survey when we return. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. My producer, the whitest person with the last name Yamamoto you could imagine, <laughs> Jared Yamamoto is here with me. And before we went, before we went to uh, the break there, you were telling me, oh, no, where is this? Aloha High School. Yeah, so it's Which just- for some reason is not in Honolulu. It's in Portland, Mar- uh, Portland, not Maine. But Oregon. That's right. It's like just outside of the city limits. I don't need to know exactly where it is. I just wanted to know. It's not in Hawaii. Okay, so you're telling me they have a, as they're giving seniors as they're coming in this year, a white privilege survey. That's right. And since you're the whitest person that I know, I decided to have you take this survey. (laughs) And as I pointed out, 
the top number you can get, the top score, I guess, would be 130, and you came in at a resounding 119, so I was right. <laughs> and I want to go over some of your answers. Now, again, I'll say about this, uh, this survey, it's not as if there aren't things in here that make you go, hmm, I'm not saying there aren't. What I'm saying is the word survey is ridiculous. This is not a survey, because when you take a real survey, there's one or two or three different outcomes that are possible. There's only one outcome possible from taking this survey as a white college student, and that is that you are white male privilege. So that's not a survey. What it is is it's, a, it's an opinion piece. It's, a, it's an essay that's uh, parading as a survey. But that doesn't mean there isn't some truth in there. <laughs> it just means it's not a survey. Now, <laughs> I went to, there's 26 questions on here. That's right. And uh, I, I want to go through some of yours. I believe you put a five. So on each question, you either put zero. And what does zero mean? Zero is... Zero if the statement is seldom or never true for you. You put a three. If it's sometimes true. And then if the statement is often true, you put a five. You put a five. So there's only three numbers you can put in there. That's how you came to 119 out of 130. But I was drawn toward the last question, which I don't know if this is a joke (laughs) thing they decided to throw in at the end. Uh, But it's not. It doesn't fit. And I think that you answered this wrong as well. 26 is... I can choose blemish cover or bandages, so band-aids, essentially, in flesh color and have them more or less match the color of my skin. So I guess they're talking about your average band-aid type of band-aids. And uh, I got news for you. I went out to our, we have a first aid kit here at WSB, and I got the, uh, the bandages, and I will put it on my hand right now. <laughs> Bandages have never, Andrew. Do you see that? Bandages have never blended I see it in. <laughs> yeah, you can see it from where you are. You're behind the glass. It does not. A bandage. Where did they get that question from? Bandages do not blend in with with white people. This would be more. I think it would blend. That would blend in better with uh, with Hispanic. Andrew, that would that would blend in be- better with you, right? Yeah, it looks like my color. And he went five. He went five. But I'm also Hispanic too. What? Yes. I am Bolivian and Japanese. Yeah, well, you know what came out of that blender? White, white, white. <laughs> because you were one of the only people who's whiter than I am. Ow, I had to pull that off. So <laughs> I think that you answered that when you put a five. You put a five and well, said... Let, here, let me hand that Band-Aid over here. Oh, boy. Look at this thing. This thing, this thing. this thing is... <laughs> this thing's got to be close. Look, the first look time at this I've thing. Go I'm going to tweet this thing out. You should tweet this out because it's 2016 and that's what it's all about. Tweeting your whole life out. All right, Andrew, look at this. You be the judge. Look at that. That is pretty. Oh, that's pretty close right no, there. No, it's not. Look at that. Look at so. this. It's not close. Cool. So. Does it look closer out, Eric, than me? No, it looks. It's The point here is the bandages actually blend into the skin of like Hispanics better than anybody else. Not white, not, not uh, Germanic white trash lineage that I come from. It's. Uh, so I think what you did was you. Uh, you had a, a guilty five that you put on there, and so that's absolutely wrong. You, the bandage does not blend in with your skin. Bandages do not blend in well with... Every time I buy Band-Aids, I just feel guilty about it. That's All why I put a five. say is that as a pasty white person, I am offended. Look, we have a red alert traffic situation, so let's go to Doug Turnbull. Okay, back to this white privilege survey that uh, Jared Yamamoto filled out, the whitest man in America. <laughs> I can't go through all of them because there's so many. Uh, but uh, I'm, uh, number four is, I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I will not be followed or harassed. Now, you gave that a three. Correct. 
I would give that, uh, I would give that, I would have to, it depends on your whole life. Now, when I go shopping, yes, I would be in that situation. When I was 16 and my hair was down to my, uh, to my waist and I had, uh, pipples on top of zits on top of, uh, whiteheads, uh, I don't know that, uh, people didn't look at me in a rather suspicious way anywhere that I, that I went. Uh, we'll do more white privilege survey and more headlines when we get back. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. Once again, want to remind you that right after we're done at 7 o'clock tonight, special show hosted by Chris Chandler featuring Veronica Waters. She's down there in Brunswick. Uh, Roundtable on day one of the hot car, Ross Harris hot car death trial. I got that whole thing? That's right. Very good. Uh, that's right after we're off the air at 7, so look out for that. We're still doing, I'm still going through Jared Yamamoto, my uh, white producer here. Uh, and he took the white privilege survey. By the way, what did you put up online there while we were? Uh, you, uh, I took a picture of the band aid. And I we, yeah, one of these questions was: I can choose band aids in flesh color and have them more or less match the color of my skin. And I was saying I don't think band aids have ever matched the color of my skin. So, and you suggested I was feeling guilty about it. I put a five. You on put there. a five on there, I, but then we put a band aid on you, and you tweeted that out, right? And so people well, can let decide. them decide. Yes, let it's them on decide. I don't think it's much of a decision. It looks nothing like your skin. Again, I'm not saying there isn't anything to this, and we were talking about this because some high school students, seniors coming into high school, have been given this white privilege survey and to so that they know and recognize their own white privilege. And uh, it's not as if there aren't some things on here to, uh, to think about. Uh, let's see. It was what I saw here earlier that uh, is worth thinking about. Uh, uh, where is it? Uh, but uh, I can go shop. I already did that one. When I'm told about our national heritage or about civilization, I am shown that people of my race made it what it is. All right, there might be something there. Uh, for too long, uh, it was uh, people of color were not really included in history and given the equal weight uh, of others in history. I can understand that. The problem with a survey like this, as I said, it's not. It's not a survey. It's an opinion piece masquerading as a survey. And my question would be, what, what are students supposed to do with this? Well, let's say you fill this thing out. What, what, what do you do with that information now? Just feel guilty about your life? Feel guilty about the fact that you exist? Feel guilty about your own existence? Uh, it doesn't matter that some of the things that are mentioned in this survey are real and problems that need to be addressed. I don't think making someone who's 17, 18 years old feel guilty about their own life, about their own existence, goes anywhere to try to address maybe some of the few uh, actual issues that are embedded inside of this essay pretending to be a survey. Again, a survey, to be a survey, there has to be one, two, three different outcomes possible by taking the survey. There's only one outcome. If you're a white kid taking this survey, is that you walk away knowing it's an opinion piece. It's not a survey. Well, it's because you're not unpacking the invisible knapsack, as Peggy McIntosh wrote back in 1989. And you're right. It was an essay. That so, you wrote th- all right, so this is based on something. From my th- I've been talking about this for a long time. This is, this is social theory has been taught for years and years since the 70s. It's just that right now they have graduated a bunch of people who have decided this is all social fact, not social theory. I could talk about this all day, but I'm not going to. More headlines when we return. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Eric Von Hessler, filling in for Eric Erickson. We usually do a show called The Von Hessler Doctrine. That's on Sundays from noon to 3. And if you download that WSB Radio app, which everyone should do, I think it should be a law. I don't have that kind of power. So I can only suggest it to you that you download the WSB Radio app. We also do three podcasts per week. Digital Doctrine, you can only get them right there on the WSB Radio app. So yet one more reason to uh, to download that app. Before we move on and getting out of this white privilege survey thing, you know, because it, it ties into everything that's been going on lately with Colin Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter. And did you see over the weekend, was it East Carolina? Yeah, yeah, it was East Carolina. So we're getting into a situation now where uh, people are booing their own band because members of the band are kneeling down while playing the national anthem. So we've got into a very kind of ridiculous... People are kneeling while they're playing the national anthem, and and you're booing your own band. The the country is... the, The NFL thing... NFL ratings are down 18 to 20%. It's a little early to say it's just because of the Colin Kaepernick effect, because other players are either doing the fist or kneeling, and this sort of thing is going on. It's a little early, but maybe it's not a little early, because I find it difficult to believe that in one year, 18% of the audience has gone away just because there's some other entertainment that they're interested in. So this is something that's roiling the nation now. And by the way, with the National Anthem stuff, there is no, there's no out There's no way out uh, unless you believe that Colin Kaepernick is going to call a press conference at the end of the year and say, I'm happy with my country now. Everyone can resume. We can go back to normal. The Super Bowl, I don't know if people have thought about this yet, but the singing of the national anthem and who's going to sing it and how it's going to be presented is a very big part. That's America's day. That's really, that's the biggest holiday we have is the Super Bowl where everyone of every race, every religion gets involved. And it's all about America. And so we are headed on a trajectory that says somebody's going to kneel or do something while, while that's going on. And I don't know how, I don't know how we get out at this point. When is Colin Kaepernick happy? Does all this stop when Colin Kaepernick wakes up one day and says, I'm happy with my country? When is that going to happen? Well, there were warriors out there. Uh, PD the pirate, that's the ECU's mascot. Uh, yes. he, he was out there trying to pump up the crowd to try to get them to stop booing. So, so at turning, least there's some people on both sides, it's right? Turning everyone. It's become, it's become fashion <laughs> at this point. It really, I, I, it's a yawn to me. It's a yawn to me. I don't even get angry about it anymore. It's like, okay, you hate your country. That's your thing. And it's a yawn as far as I'm concerned. My point about all of this is everyone should relax. There are four words. There are four magic words. And if everyone would abide by them, world peace would break out in 15 minutes. The four magic words, live and let live. If everyone abided by those four magic words, world peace would break out in 15 minutes. Live and let live, and then let's work on the things we need to work on. We're not in that situation right now. I do know, check this out for a seg, it's difficult to live and let live when you're stuck in Atlanta traffic, so let's check it with Doug Turnbull. Keep all your digits in the windows, please. That's a good start. 613 of the sky concert. So uh, enough about that uh, white privilege survey and everything that's going on in the NFL. The four magic words, live and let live. Live and let live. If everyone abided, 
I guarantee, that's the Von Hessler guarantee, if everyone abided by live and let live, world peace would break out for hundreds of years within 15 minutes. Now give me another headline, another story to chew on. That's what we do here on Talk Radio. We chew on the stories. Uh, first, turn on your microphone. Yeah, New York's Attorney General has ordered the Donald Trump Foundation to immediately cease soliciting contributions after a report that the charity lacked the proper authorization to seek public donations. So basically, they yeah. were misusing money. Okay, well, look, this uh, this guy is very political in, in New York State. The Attorney General, right? That's right. Uh, he's very political. This is a way to say, don't look too deeply in the Clinton Foundation, because you've got a foundation of your own, and by the way... Hey, this is something you got to do before you run for president. You got to cross every T, you got to dot every I, and you got to know that taxation is going to be a big part of who you are and when you're presented to the country, especially if you're as rich as Donald Trump in the environment that we're in. Donald Trump, what a week, man. This guy's had he has had a week. Let's go through it here. Let's see. So the debate, even people who like him kind of don't think that he didn't do that great of a job. Uh I don't I honestly don't think that Hillary's victory was as resounding as the victory lap the media took the day after. I mean, she there were no knockout. the greatest thing ever. There were no knockout blows. There were no moments from that debate. I mean, there was the things that are from that debate that you remember are just funny things like his breathing and her shimmying, which I there's no explanation for that, by the way. No one has done a deep dive into that move, that little shimmy move that she made, which lasted a long time. As shimmy moves go, it had like a third act. Usually you shimmy and you're gone, right? Just a little shimmy and you're gone. She shimmied, she relaxed, she, then she got back up there and she did a little more shimmy. That was a, and I love the word shimmy, so I'll just say it over and over again. So there hasn't been a deep dive into the absolute weirdness of that thing. Uh, there just wasn't, I don't think it was, there was any knockout blow, but, even fans of Trump kind of there's no doubt that he did not take advantage of the opportunity to prosecute prosecute the case against her uh, the way that you need to because since, since she's basically the party in power so uh, so a rough debate uh, he has a feud with a Miss Universe from 150 years ago where he got six weeks to go until the election and 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 then he's tweeting about it at three in the morning. And not saying great things. And everybody was talking about what was in the tweets. You know, he's mentioning the fact that there might be a sex tape out there. People should look into it. It all stemmed from a poorly made Clinton ad. I mean, yeah. I, that was just, it was a very bad ad. Well, that she matter, but, but she brought it up at the end of the debate. Right. And, and, that, and you know, and, 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 and he saw that. So the, in the embed of the tweet, he says something about a sex tape and all that. And people are going, going off on him. From my point of view, the weirdness is anybody who's tweeting at three o'clock in the morning creeps me out. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Just, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe he had to wake up early. He has to get on a plane. Maybe he's flying somewhere. I don't, you know, that plane can get to most places in the country within four to five hours. I don't know where he was flying that he had to be up at three o'clock in the morning. But the mental image, and this is WSB and this is a family crowd. So I'll use the right language and then you use your brain to do the walk for me. But uh, a guy, like, I see him in his robe in front of his computer <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning. I just feel creepy. It just feels oily, you know, unctuous. And a guy's, I, there have been times that I have thought about tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I think better of it because I think people are going to just think this is weird. So I put it on hold, and I let it go out at like, you know, like 5 o'clock in the morning. That's the beginning of normal people day. 
That's the that's that's the creepiness washes off. No one should be tweeting anything of any consequence <laughs> before five o'clock in the morning because I'm not going to take you seriously because I think you're in a robe in front of your computer and I don't even want to go any further than that. This and other stories when we return. Welcome back, Eric von Hessler, sitting in for Eric Erickson, joined by my producer Jared Yamamoto. Right after we're done, we're going to be on until 7. Right after we're done, Chris Chandler will host a Ross Harris Hot Car Death Roundtable. WSB Senior Analyst Ron Carlson and WSB's Veronica Waters and many more will join Chris for uh, coverage of day one of that trial down in Brunswick, right? That's right. Uh, Also, tomorrow from 7 to 9, you know, tomorrow's the big VP debate, and man, do I have the tingles. Nothing gets me going like a VP debate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and to prove it, I'm going to be here from 7 to 9. Chris Chandler, again, will be hosting. This will be the pre-debate coverage. I'll be there. Bill Crane will be there. Neil Bortz, Herman Kane. That's two hours leading up to the debate. Then the debate is on here on WSB. And Eric Erickson will host a post-debate roundtable with WSB listeners. So you don't want to miss uh, any of that. It's, uh, it's It'll big- be cool to see Tim Kane and Mike Pence actually speak. They, they get, uh, they're kind of behind the scenes with uh, Hillary and Trump yeah, being yeah. so... Uh, so popular in the limelight, I guess. So you think that's you? You can't. You're tingling as well as I, I am. am. I'm shaking over here. I'm ready for it. Um, so there you go. So make sure that you don't miss that. Uh, Donald Trump. I don't know where he's going these days. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, he's he had a few weeks there where it seemed like he was really buttoned up and was really you know going for it. And now since the debate, I think it got into his head a little bit. He doesn't like to lose things. And to be told that he's lost something, I think it may have rattled him a little bit. Of course, we've upset everybody who loves Trump because we we haven't, you know, deified him, which is what you're supposed to do. Look, I call it as I see it. I am not voting for Hillary Clinton. I am not voting for Donald Trump. I am not voting for Gary Johnson. America, if this is my choice, I will vote down ticket. I will get drunk. That's my election day. <laughs> I don't have to. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not voting for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling as I see it. What were you showing me in the break there about some sort of conspiracy theory that's going on? Yeah, we had several callers calling in to the Herman Cain show last week that were suggesting that, that Hillary Clinton and Lester Holt got together and they had some signed, some, some handsome hand, hand signals. You were showing me a video where supposedly they were saying that she would scratch her nose. Anytime like, uh, she needed a zinger yeah, to, uh, to an easy question for I her. I know the movie The Sting came out before you were born and you're a millennial and anything that happened before no you idea. were born doesn't matter. But it's, a, <laughs> it's like that little thing from the movie The Sting. She had, she had rubber nose and uh, supposedly that was a sign to Lester Holt. And there's a whole video up there that tells her, supposedly the sign was, don't change the subject, I've got a zinger. I've got a zinger I want to I hit him with. And they supposedly lay that out. So let's, uh, I'm just filling in, so let's upset some people. Uh, this is actually very valuable because it's important in life to find out whether or not you're a moron. So here's a good moron test. If you go on the internet and you see stories like this and you believe that those stories are true, you are a moron. See, this is a good <laughs> test because in life we're all so busy and we need to know who we are, where we are, where we stand. Hillary Clinton is crooked. I don't want her to be president. Lester Holt did a pretty good job until the last half of the debate, and then he started kind of prosecuting Donald Trump. That's the reality. Those are realities you can believe in. If you think that 
Hillary Clinton was signaling Lester Holt to help her in the debate. Bingo! It's a grand day. You just found out you're a moron. More wisdom and admonition when we return. Welcome back. Eric Von Hessler sitting in for Eric Erickson. And wow, now it's really coming in. People get angry. You know, there was a, there was a story out recently that said that most people think that this election has brought the worst out of all of us. I don't know if that's true or if it's just kind of revealed. Yeah, it was a poll. 70% yeah. of Americans feel that this is this election has brought out the worst in people. And those 70% are just saying that they don't like themselves, right? I mean, 70%, they're the people who are making it the worst. But I'll tell you, from the vantage, from where I sit, uh, as a person just giving people their opinions, there is no middle ground on this one. I let people know from last year that I wasn't going to be voting for Donald Trump. So it doesn't mean I hate Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, I was a big fan of The Apprentice, and I hope after this is over, if he doesn't, I think he has a chance to win. If he doesn't win, I want to hear him. I want him to be on TV or radio. I, I, I find the guy to be fascinating. I find him to be funny. I just, for me, he's not the person that I want to be president. I mean, people have known that for a long time. I can't stand Hillary Clinton. I believe that she's a congenital liar. I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton, but on this station, people have known that I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. So for a year and a half, you know, it's been a lot from that side. You know, you're really, you're shilling for crooked Hillary. You really a vote for blah, blah, blah. A lot of names have been called, but nothing that I haven't been called in the past that I'm not used to. But I, it was after the first debate, I did a video for WSB. And I just happened, so this is after the whole time taking all the inco incoming fire from the, the Trump people for not being good enough for them. And then in the, in the video that I put up after the debate, I just suggested that maybe even if she had won, it wasn't in a resounding fashion the way that the media would have you believe. And that opened the door for the other side. So then all they go, you fascist! You want that man to be... No one seems to understand that it is possible to still think. <laughs> think. T-H-I-N-K. Think. I can actually... Can you imagine this, Jared? Can you imagine that I can actually see a, a point in something that I'm not going to vote for? Can you imagine that in America in 2016 that thinking for myself with my own opinion that is original that doesn't make me either a uh, fascist or a, a shill for Hillary? It is still possible to T-H-I-N-K think... For yourself and come to a conclusion that no one on Fox News and no one on WSB radio and no one on MSNBC has told you about. You all have the ability to do it. And let me tell you something. If you agree with one side 100% of the time, you are not thinking, are you? It's not possible that the people you happen to listen to and watch every day happen to be 100%. You are a follower at that point. Allow yourself to think. Allow yourself to be principled. Have your philosophy. Know what you believe in life. And also be able to listen to others and glean a little wisdom here or there. It is amazing. It is amazing. I, could, I should just, for performance art reasons, on Monday... 
put up some kind of Facebook thing that is pro-Hillary and just let the comment section roll. And then on Tuesday, do a 180 uh, on Trump and let the comment section roll. We have both sides have lost their minds. Both sides have lost their minds. Well, you're either with us or against That's us. That's what it is, right? It's a team sport, right? That's right. If you're not with us, you're against us. And hey, that's the that's the attitude we've had in this country for about 15 years. And let's look up. Oh, everything's going just fine. So I guess we should... Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's go to traffic. Let's go to Doug Turnbull. He, he gives me peace. Hey, listen, I think Jerry Yamamoto called that a life hack right there, Eric. A life hack. <laughs> Hashtag life hack. 643 of the skycopter. I like that word. Hey, let me tell you, the perimeter, 285 east and south, improving, but still very rugged. Shambly Dunwoody over to I-85. Some southbound delays trying to uh, make your way down to Highway 78 as well. The outer loop, 285 west, that's rugged still from Riverside to 75 at Cobb with southbound delays trying to get past South Cobb down to I-20. Our top traffic story is that Alpharetta still two left lanes blocked on the WSB Jam Cam 400 North Windward Parkway an injury crash there guys I mean to get angry there I want to calm myself down here and say that I'm going to continue to think for myself I don't need others to tell me how to think and it doesn't keep you from being philosophically bound it doesn't keep you from knowing what you know but just because I don't want Hillary Clinton to be president doesn't mean I'm just going to close my eyes to everything that the Republicans are doing. That is a silly way to live your life. If you're interested in, in current events, assess them yourselves. And if you say uh, one bad thing about the Republican candidate, that does not equal that you are shilling for Hillary Clinton. And if you, what do you want to do all day long? You just want to hear the voices that reinforce the things that you already thought before you woke up? Yes. That's probably true for most people on the left and on the right. I mean, the names that we call one another in this country is just, let me tell you what, you know what it's time for? It's time for Eric Von Hessler to run for president and basically throw a bunch of water on both sides and basically say, guess what? This is a 50-50 country. That's a reality. That's a fact. No one side is going to dominate the other. So let's go. Here's a nice big table. Let's figure out what we're going to do about it. Okay, we're going to give you gay marriage. What are you going to give us? We're going to go into a room for two weeks in this 50-50 country, and we're going to make deals, and we're going to walk out, and we're going to move on and actually resolve things. Not enough people are interested in resolving problems. They're more interested in throwing fits because that's a lot more fun, like I'm doing now. What a hypocrite. We'll come back and say goodbye in just a few moments. Yeah, I love that guy on the radio because he just told me everything I already knew I knew. Hey, it's Eric Von Hessler filling in for Eric Erickson. That's never going to happen with me. I'm sorry. I'm always going to challenge you to T-H-I-N-K. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. You're not on a team. And if this is the end of days, as so many people have told me, well, well, if this, if she gets in, if he gets in, both sides, if he gets in, if she gets in, that's it. This country's done. We're done for. I got news for you. This country has had a lot of bad presidents, and it's survived every one of them up to now, and it will survive another one. Get over yourself a little bit. Live and let live. Again, let me get that out there. If everyone adopted live and let live, world peace would break out in 15 minutes, and it would last for hundreds of years. 
This is a 50-50 nation. I know where I stand. I'm libertarian. I want lower taxes. I want smaller government. But this is a 50... I'm dealing with a generation of millennials who want everything paid for. All right? This is a 50-50 country. We're going to have to learn to deal with each other because no side is in any position to overwhelm the other side. Now, the thing is, an awful lot of you just like throwing fits. The fun of actual the campaign. I'm a technocrat. I want to go in, turn the buttons, turn the dials, make it work. Build the things that need to be built, knock down the things that need to be knocked down. You know, the C word comes up here, compromise. Oh, God. It's a bad word, Eric. Nothing's worse than that. You know, I believe that in this election, she's a congenital liar, and he's a madman. That's the way that I look at it, but I'm not saying you should look at it that way, but think for yourself. And one of them is going to be president. One of them is going to be president, and this country will survive either way. In Eric Von Hessler's America, when I run, i got to pass a few tests first before I'm able to run. <laughs> when I run, because I didn't climb Mount Everest, <laughs> I just had the baggage. So... <laughs> What I, in, in Eric Von Hessler's America, gays can get married, and people who want to say a prayer before a high school football game can do that in peace. I'm talking about live and let live. Leave other people alone, and the social contract is they leave you alone. There's a few rules of the road that we all agree upon. Cold-blooded murder, not allowed. But the rest of it, we negotiate. And on both sides, the hyperbole is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, if that side wins, it's the end of the country. Well, you don't think too much of your country, do you? You don't think your country's very strong, do you? All right, I got to get out of here. Hey, coming up next, Chris Chandler is going to host a Ross Harris hot hot car death roundtable. Be joined by Ron Carlson, Veronica Waters. I'm Eric Von Hessler. We're usually on Sundays, noon to 3, the Von Hessler Doctrine. Get the WSB Radio app, and you'll get the three Digital Doctrine podcasts we put out every week. Thank you, Jared Yamamoto. Thank you, Eric. Thanks to everyone listening. And thanks to Eric Erickson for allowing me to sit in. Chris Chandler and the Roundtable coming up next. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.